and I appreciate all of you for taking part in worship this morning, and I pray that God uh, was honored and glorified in our worship. This morning, I'm going to share with you a sermon I've entitled, How to Be a Successful Minister. How to Be a Successful Minister. If you would, turn to the book of Acts. We want to look at Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 12, as we think about how to be a successful minister. Acts 13, and be reading from the King James, Acts 13, verses 1 through 12. Verse 1 says, And now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Serena, and Manon, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. And when they had gone through the isle of Patras, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Barjesus which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. And the Elamus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes upon him, and said, O fool, O fool of all subtility and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thy enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to come into your presence and worship you. I thank you for each person here. I pray, Lord, as we uh, sung songs of praise and hymns, uh, with special music, with the choir, praise teams, Lord, that, uh, that you were blessed in what we were singing. And Father, as we glorify you this morning, I thank you for your word. I pray that you will help me now as I share your word. I pray that I'll share and I'll preach in the right spirit, the Holy Spirit, that you will lead me to say what I need to say. Keep me from saying the things that I shouldn't say. And so, Father, I pray that even in your word, you'll be honored and glorified. 
We know that it will not return void and it will accomplish what you see fit for it to accomplish. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. How to be a successful minister. Let me begin by, I notice our youth are in here and I appreciate what they're doing as far as taking notes. I appreciate them sitting there and taking notes and uh, they shared some of their notes with me and they're paying real close attention. I appreciate that. I wish adults will do that. Let me encourage you to take notes when you sit under the Word, when you hear a sermon, listen to a sermon. Uh, jot down some notes in your Bible. Bring you, We furnish sermon note sheets out there. I pray that you'll pick those up. You see, when you write something down, it's, it's equivalent of reading it 11 times. Very important to write things down. I promise you that if you'll write it down, you'll remember it more if you'll, just, if you'll just take a few notes. Now, if you'll notice in this passage, it's evident that we are followers of Jesus Christ, but at the same time, we're ministers of the gospel. The Great Commission is too great of an assignment, it's too large of a scope for just a few. It's too large of a scope for just vocational ministers or bivocational ministers, preachers, pastors, for vocational evangelists or for deacons, uh, just for a few. It's too wide of a scope just for a few. So the point is, if you've been saved, if you've been born again, then you've been saved to be a minister of the gospel. Saved to be a minister of the gospel. Let that sink in. If you're a believer here this morning, you are saved to be a minister of the gospel. Now, with that said, God wants us to be a successful minister. The problem is too often we fail in being successful in what God has called us to do or what God has called us to be. I've noticed in my own personal experience as a minister that I, I fail when I try to do things or when I try to do ministry in my own power. So the question is, if we're all ministers, what is the key to obtaining the power needed to be a successful minister or to be successful in ministry as an individual or as a church? faith family. What is necessary in order to be a successful minister? If you're taking notes, first of all, we must minister to the Lord. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, as they ministered to the Lord. As they ministered to the Lord. Now the Greek word for minister is letter geo. Um, liturgio, it's, it's where we get the English word uh, liturgy, liturgio, liturgy. Liturgy is a plan of worship. This morning, we ministered unto the Lord. We ministered unto the Lord in worship through praise, through hymns, through reading God's word, through prayer. And so first, to be successful in ministry, we minister to the Lord. We minister to the Lord in prayer. Now, 
as you read chapter 13, you'll realize that this is about beginning of missions. Missions developed in a prayer meeting. The church developed, came about after a 10-day prayer meeting. Not a business meeting, but a prayer meeting. Prayer is, is central to the heart of God. We're able to pray, and God requests us in this to be a house of prayer. A house of prayer. A house of prayer is not only what we do on Sunday or Sunday night or Wednesday night or when the church comes together. We're to be a house of prayer. Your body is to be a house of prayer. I mean, your marriage is to be a house of prayer. Where you live should be a house of prayer. So the point is we need to minister to the Lord in prayer. And then when we minister to the Lord, He ministers to us with the power of His Holy Spirit. And then and only then, in the anointing of God, we're able to minister to other people. That's not hard to understand. And when we minister in the power of the Holy Spirit and we minister to other people, then we see lives changed and we see miracles take place because we're ministering in God's way. So, in essence, we minister to God. God ministers to us. We minister to God in prayer and fasting. God ministers to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then we minister to others in sharing the gospel. Now, they were ministering to the Lord. They were worshiping the Lord. Remember, liturgy. They were ministering liturgy. They were worshiping the Lord. The point is the service was not about them. They were ministering to the Lord. The service was about the Lord. Now, I'm not mad, I'm not aggravated when I say this, but I want to tell you this morning that this service this morning is not about me and it's not about you. This is a worship service. This is a ministry only to God. Worship only to God. It's a service about Jesus. It's not about music. It's not about what we sing, it's not about the choir, it's not about the praise team. The point is we come here for His glory, for His purpose. We worship Him. We minister to the Lord. We minister to Him. And friend, listen, it, it doesn't matter if it's cold outside. It doesn't matter if it's raining outside and you had to run into the building and you didn't have an umbrella and no one was there to park a car and you had to walk from the bottom of the hill. And I understand all of that's important, but it doesn't matter if you came this morning to minister to the Lord. To glorify the Lord. doesn't matter if it's pretty outside, if it's cold outside, hot outside. doesn't matter if it's warm in here, cold in here. doesn't matter if you came to minister to the Lord. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about glorifying Him. What's well, quiet. So we ought to be here today for one reason. Just to glorify Him. That's why we're here. 
It's not a stage performance with the choir where they did good, did not do good. It's not a stage performance for the praise teams that led us in music this morning. It's not about that. It's not about how you sing. I was sharing with Trent this morning. We sing by, we sing in the key of Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. That's how we sing. That's what it's about. It's about Him. It's about coming. It's not about performance. It's not about audience. He's the only audience. And with all of that in mind, can you just praise Him this morning by saying amen? amen. What about hallelujah? How about just a round of applause? Man, that's like at times the old saying is trying to get blood out of a turnip. It's deathly quiet after, after, is there room in your heart? He wants to write his story on your heart. And all of that's over with, and it's like, well, that's over with. Did you come to glorify God in his house this morning? That's why we're here. That's the purpose. That's the reason. Just to glorify God. So first, how do you successful? How are you success, successful in ministry? Point one, they're ministering to the Lord in prayer, fasting, worship. Secondly, when we minister to the Lord, God ministers to us. You see that? Look at verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I've called them. They're ministering to him. What's happening? He's turning around and he's ministering to them. So he separated them for the work. We don't, they didn't know what kind of work. They didn't know where the work was going to be. But he separated them. They were willing to go. You know, this is, this is Private Taylor reporting for duty. Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, that's the way they felt. That's the way we should feel. He separated them to the work. Look at verse 3. And when they had fasted and prayed. Now, they were fasting. This is another time they were fasting. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. This is how missions started. While ministering to the Lord, while worshiping and praying and fasting, the Spirit came to them. The Spirit came. Verse, three, verse 2 says, And they ministered to the Lord and fasted the Holy Ghost said. Now, I don't know, he may have said it to the prophets or to the teachers. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But the Holy Spirit separated them. Recently, I was listening to... Uh, Steve Gaines, as he commented on this chapter, uh, uh, John Phillips, I, I was reading commentary on John Phillips and J. Vernon McGee and um, American Commentary and, and then the comments that Dr. Steve Gaines had on this passage and, and, and Steve Gaines, past, former pastor at Gardendale in Bellevue now in Memphis, on this same verse, man, he spoke to my heart in regards to the key to successful ministry. And, and it was so slight. The Lord's been all over me with this because Gaines said the, same, the exact same words that I said to Judy probably two weeks ago. He said the same words that I said to Judy. He said to his wife, and this is what we said. I said, honey, speaking to Judy, 
He was talking to his honey. Honey, I'm tired. That's what I said. I said, I'm tired, but I'm not tired of ministry. But I'm tired in the ministry. Now hear me. And the Lord said to me, as he said to Dr. Gaines, he said, you're so busy ministering to others that you're not ministering to me. That's what he said. And some of you can acquaint with this. Some of you are just like me. You get so wrapped up in your jobs and the kids and running here and running there and doing this and doing that, ministering to others that you have no time to minister to God. Do you know why church attendance is down? Uh, across all denominational lines and even those that say they're non-denominational? Do you know why giving is down in churches? Do you know why missions, people surrendering to missions, you know, we clap our hands and we should and we should rejoice. We got over 4,000 missionaries, international missionaries, but it wasn't that long ago we was clocking around 6,000. Have a drop in missions, mission giving, have to pull missionaries back off the field. You know why preachers are resigning churches? Number of reasons, but one reason? You know why churches are, are counseling services on Sunday permanently? I mean, not having Sunday night services permanently, not having Wednesday night services permanently, not coming together as much as we should when we see the day approaching? You know why? God says, I believe you're ministering to others and you're not ministering to me. God says, you need to minister to me, Sammy. Now, why is that? Because of the intimacy that we need with him. The whole world is looking for intimacy. That's the reason we have problems with pornography. People are looking for intimacy. I mentioned last week, I believe, that they say that 75% of men sitting in churches have looked at pornography recently. Searching for what? Intimacy. Listen, guys, you're not going to find it in pornography. You're not going to find intimacy there. That can only be found in Jesus Christ. So the big question is this. How do you get intimacy with Jesus? Dr. Gaines gave his testimony this way. He said, hey, he started, he said, I started fasting and praying and ministering to the Lord, and God changed our lives. His wife and he together. He said in 1997, Gardendale experienced 1995, he said, things were great, and we were baptizing people and seeing people come to the Lord. But then when we decided to minister to the Lord in 1997, it kindly exploded figuratively 
and people were getting saved, and people were coming in, and guests were at every service. People getting saved, coming to church, being delivered of addiction, all types of addiction, being healed, marriages being healed, people being healed physically, and he even gave testimony that a witch got saved and joined the choir. And then he said, and witches make great tambourine players. Point being, things began to happen when they began to, as a pastor and wife and as a church, began to minister to the Lord. It started, he said, when we started ministering to the Lord. I've always read that passage, never quite understood. They were ministering to the Lord. I understand it now. Because you see, you can, you can sing all the songs and not minister to the Lord. I mean, you can, you can do it out of habit. You can come out of habit. You can sing out of habit. You can sing, come out of coercion. Your spouse wants you to come, begging you, you can come. You can go through the motions. I mean, your mind, you can come in here and you're at church and your mind's wondering and you're thinking about this and you're thinking about that and you're thinking about who's over there and who's over there and what hypocrite's there and what hypocrite's over there and you're a lot better than they are. You can think about all of those things. But now remember this. Jot it down. If you don't have a release in your mind toward Jesus, when you're, in, when you're ministering, if you don't have this release in your mind toward Jesus, you're not ministering to the Lord. The point is, worship is when you leave this place and God has your heart and you have God's heart. Then you've worshiped. So the question is this, are you ministering to the Lord? We minister to the Lord. God ministers to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 2. The Holy Spirit said, people ask me, does the Holy Spirit still speak to people today? He speaks to those, I remember what Henry Blackerby said. Henry Blackerby said he speaks to those that will listen to him. Does the Holy Spirit speak? Well, I don't, <clears throat> I don't, I've never heard, I would say, a, a vocal speaking of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you how I believe the Holy Spirit speaks. I believe the Holy Spirit prompts us, urges us, prompts us. I believe God will prompt you to do things that you don't normally do. I believe God prompts you to give because you're too selfish to give. I believe he'll prompt you to witness because you're too much of a sinner to take it on yourself to do it. I believe God prompts you to do it. Moves on you to do it. Look at verse 2 and 3. They ministered to the Lord, fasted the Holy Ghost, separate, said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work unto which I've called them. And when they fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. So when we minister to the Lord in prayer and fasting, God ministers to us, 
He starts to act in our life, verse 2, and then we minister to others. Look at verse 3. They laid hands on them. They sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed from Seleucia, or un- departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. Now, how can we minister to the Lord? One way I like to minister to the Lord is by singing. I like to sing to the Lord. Uh, He really loves it. And I don't know about you, but he loves it. I like to just sing to the Lord. I like like old hymns. Uh, I know a bunch of old hymns. You probably do too. Uh, You go to the nursing home. I remember my mother, that we'd have church, the nursing home, and they would sing a hymn. You know what they do? They sing it. They couldn't tell, perhaps some of them didn't know what day it was or what time it was or who you were. But when you started singing Amazing Grace, they sang Amazing Grace and you ever word. Old hymns. There's a hymn that I'd like for us to sing together this morning as we close out. As we just minister to the Lord. Think of this. As we just minister to the Lord, nobody here singing in the spirit of the Holy, singing in the key of the Holy Spirit. Just want us to sing. Release your mind. Remember this. Now, re- remember, you're singing to Jesus. You're singing in the key of the Holy Spirit. So just release your mind to Jesus and sing from your heart and let your words flow from your lips. As you sing to Jesus. It's an old song. Matter of fact, it's written in 1863 by a guy by the name of Max Bancroft. And it's appeared recently. Um, uh, several people, groups, have, have recorded this song. And you probably have heard it in contemporary music, although it was written before the Civil War. The title of the song is Before the Throne of God Above. So what I want you to do, I've asked Kyle to lead us. Spare you from me leading it. But I'm going to sing it. I'm going to sing it with you. And we're going to sing it just ministering to the Lord. Let's sing together. Let's just stand. Stand just for a moment as we stand and minister to him this morning. You got me cut off, Brother Kevin. Good. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hand. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven I stand, no tongue can bid me thence depart. No tongue can bid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, 
Upward I look and see him there Who made an end of all my sin Because the sinless Savior died My sinful soul is counted free For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me to look on him and pardon me behold him there the risen lamb my perfect spotless righteousness the great unchangeable i am the King of glory and of grace. One with himself I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God. With Christ my Savior and my God. Thank you and be seated. <clears throat> now why do we sing that? We, we were ministering to the Lord. Were you? Amen. Amen. We minister to him through prayer and fasting. He ministers to us through his Holy Spirit. Then we minister to others. Now, how do we do that? By sharing the gospel. Let me say that again. I'll give you another chance. We minister to him through prayer and fasting. He ministers to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We minister to others by sharing the gospel. Amen. Man, you see where you're a minister? They boarded a ship, or they began to walk, later took ship, and they set forth to do what? Take a trip? No. Just share the gospel along the way. I'm going to tell you something. If you love somebody, you're going to talk with them, and you'll want to be with them. I mean, uh, you're going to... You're going to want to be with them. I mean, I love Judy. I want to talk to her. I'll call her two or three times and just see how she's doing, check on her. I, I do that because I love her. I want to be with her. Why is that? Because I love her. I love my grandchildren. I talk to them. I call them. I want to be with them. Why is that? Because I, I love them. I want to talk to God. That's prayer. I want to be with him. Why? Because I love him. Now, again, I'm not mad about anything. But let me say this. If you're not sharing the gospel, you really don't love Jesus. Or you don't love God as much as you think you do. Because we were saved to be ministers of the gospel. You need to be sharing the gospel. 
Why is that? That's your testimony. People can't argue with your testimony. You're not getting in some type of theological discussion when you tell them how you came to Christ. And I knelt in my bedroom and I asked Christ to save me, you might say. And he came into my life and he, he saved me. People can't argue with that. Once I was blind, but now I see. Once I was doing this, but now I'm not doing that anymore. God changed my life. That's your testimony. And I like what Dr. Gaines said. I'll close with this. He said, we need to have gospel conversations, gospel presentations, and gospel invitations. Big question. How can we be successful in ministry? Minister to the Lord through prayer and fasting. He ministers to me through his power of the Holy Spirit. And with that power, and only with that power, I can minister to others by sharing the gospel. I want to do that because I love him and I want to share with others what he's done for me. You're not ready to minister to other people until you've been ministered to by the Lord. So, when uh, he ministers you in the power of the Holy Spirit, you minister to him, he ministers you. Man, with that power, you can really minister to other people and you'll be successful, I'll be successful in doing it. That's our word of prayer. Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to think about how to be successful in ministry. And I look back over the years, there's times that I've pushed and pushed and pushed and, and got tired pushing. But Lord, when I'd let you... When I ministered to you and you ministered to me through the power of the Holy Spirit, everything just seemed to fall in place and it was so easy to minister to other people. And so, Father, today I pray for each person here. Thank you for what you're going to do during this invitation time. Change hearts as you change mind. Give us a clear understanding that we're ministers of the gospel. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name.